Welcome to the Dr. Bungill Podcast. This is episode 75. Uh, we're at the end of April here. Uh, just getting ready uh, for May. It's been an exciting, exciting week. The Knicks made it to the second round of the playoffs for the first time in 10 years, which is amazing. So super psyched for the Knicks and all uh, my fellow Knicks fans out there. Um, I think the next game is on Sunday, and uh, we're playing the Heat, so it should be a good series. Uh, excited to see it. Hopefully, by hopefully try to sneak down to see actually one of the games in person. Not sure if that'll be possible, but uh, I will most certainly be watching it on TV at the least. Um, so this week we are going to talk about something I get asked a lot about, probably like five to ten times a day when I'm seeing patients, and it's just various questions surrounding Botox. Um, so I figured I'd take this podcast and discuss some of the questions that my patients ask me, um, just to inform anyone who has any questions about Botox, about you know what it is, what it does, how it works, when you should do it, yada yada yada. So uh, I'm going to start off by just describing what Botox is. So Botox is a neurotoxin, and the way it's used for lots of things. Actually, you can use it to treat migraines, you can use it to treat muscle spasms. You know, neurologists use it. Uh, quite a bit. Some ophthalmologists use it for spasms of the eyelids, et cetera, something called blepharospasm. But plastic surgeons and dermatologists use it for aesthetic purposes. Um, and so we're really using it to treat the dynamic lines of facial expression. So those are like the 11s when you make your angry line, you know, your angry face or the uh, forehead lines, you know, from just expressing using your forehead or crow's feet, you know, which are the lines that develop around your eyes from smiling. Um, it can be used in other parts of the face, but those are the three most commonly used areas, so I'm just going to kind of focus on that. And the way Botox works is it's, it's a powder that you dilute in saline, and then you inject Botox into the muscles of facial expression. And um, by doing that, you know, it takes about a week or so for it to start working, up to two weeks for it to fully settle out. You basically paralyze those muscles. That, you know, that sounds terrifying, right? Like paralyzing those muscles. But the reason why it works so well is by paralyzing the muscles of facial expression, it serves two purposes. One is if you have existing lines, so if you have lines that are present when your face is at complete rest, both that mean, what that generally means is, yeah, you have some wrinkles, but generally there's some tension in the underlying muscles that's, that's um, exacerbating the appearance of those lines. So if you have existing lines and you inject Botox, it softens those lines. So for folks who uh, have... Existing wrinkles, it softens those wrinkles. But much more importantly, and something that's less widely discussed, is using Botox before you have lines at rest. Because the movement of those muscles, the movement of the muscles in your forehead or between your eyes or around your eyes, moving those muscles year after year after year after year creates wrinkles. So if you can paralyze those muscles of facial expression before you have wrinkles, you basically will prevent yourself from getting wrinkles. So... I've talked about this before in several of my other posts, you know, my anti-aging strategy, my simple three-step strategy. And the first is using a sunscreen every day, even if it's snowing or raining outside. And not just any sunscreen. So it should be a minimum of SPF 30. If you want to use an SPF 100, that's fine with me, but 15 doesn't work. So you got to use an SPF 30 and ideally one that has either titanium dioxide or zinc oxide in it. Those are physical blockers of the sun's rays. And by doing that, you're protecting yourself against skin cancer, which is the most important thing. But you're also protecting yourself against photoaging. So you're preventing damage to your collagen. You're preventing sunspots. You're preventing dilated capillaries and you know all of the things that are caused by excessive sun on our skin. So a titanium or zinc-containing SPF 30 sunscreen every day. 
Second thing is some kind of retinoid at night. And prescription retinoids are the best. So a lot of the serums and uh, cosmeceutical products have retinol in them. And that's okay. But retinoids is what your dermatologist will prescribe you are like many, 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 many times more potent than retinols and just work much better. So like Retin-A is the classic retinoid. Um, Tretinoin is the generic version of that. So all of my cosmetic patients are on some form of tretinoin. I'd say 95 plus percent of them are just the lowest strength which is tretinoin 0.025%, which is has everything you need in terms of uh, anti-aging effect. And uh, it really minimizes irritation and various other side effects that can happen from overuse of retinoids. Uh, so that's two. So one is sunscreen that has titanium or zinc in it, SPF 30. Two is some kind of retinoid at night. And the third thing is preventive Botox. So I always use this as an example. So Botox, you know, it lasts, typically lasts like three to four months. Some patients will last up to six months. Um, I think, you know, kind of fully peters out by six months in almost every patient. Um, so most of my regulars get Botox twice a year, every six months. Some come every four months. It depends. Like in myself, I do Botox on myself. The Botox gets metabolized really, really fast. So I do it on myself, like, honestly, like every three months. I have access to it, so it's easy for me to do that. Um, but I'd say for most of my regular patients, it's generally every six months. Some folks, it's every four months. Um, so I use this as an example a lot. So I've been doing Botox on my wife since she was 29, since we were dating. And, um, you know, in the decade of our 30s, we had three kids. My wife nursed all three kids. So, you know, say in that entire decade, she was able to get Botox, say, like only like six times. So six times six is 36 months. Um, so for like three years of that decade, she wasn't making wrinkles, right? So because she had Botox and it was preventing the movement of, the, of those muscles of facial expression, which caused wrinkles. So that's kind of how it works. So a lot of people ask me, you know, when should I get Botox? Well, it diff it's different for different people. So for like darker skin folks like myself, you don't, you can wait like a pretty long time before you get Botox for most, most darker skin folks who generally like late thirties, early forties. I think I started doing it on myself when I was like 42 or 43. Um, fair skin patients generally start in their late twenties, early thirties. And when I say like preventive Botox, I mean, you don't have to get it regularly. I mean, you can, but if you were to just get it like once a year or once every year and a half, or even once every two years, you're basically, say you get it once every two years, you're aging like 25% slower than someone who's not getting Botox at that age. That's kind of how it works. So um, those are really the three steps that are, I think are most key for anti-aging. Sunscreen that has titanium or zinc that's SPF 30, a topical retinoid, and preventive Botox. Um, so the next question I get asked is, well, you know, there's all these different types of, you know, quote unquote Botox. So Botox is a brand. It's like the sort of the OG of neurotoxins, but there are a few other things that are out there on the market. There's Xeobin, there's Juveau, there's Dysport, there's Botox, and there's a new one called Daxify, which purportedly lasts longer than the other uh, neurotoxins. So we have to kind of wait to see how the story plays out with that. Um, but of those, you know, I pretty much use Botox and Dysport in, uh, in all my patients, and I'd say like the great majority of my patients actually just get Botox is what I prefer. Some of my patients, Botox gets metabolized really quickly in them. So I use Dysport in those folks. Um, for those particular patients, Dysport just lasts longer. Like for instance, in myself, 
I actually prefer Dysport. It lasts a little bit longer in me than Botox. But everyone is different. Um, so for most of my patients, or particularly for all my first-time patients, um, we generally do Botox. Xeomin and Javo, I don't really love that much. Um, they're more inex- they're they're less expensive than Botox, which is why a lot of providers like to use them. So like a lot of times in those like um, those like spas you see all over the place, where like you just kind of like walk in Botox places. There's a whole bunch of them in Manhattan, I'm sure, you know, all over the country. They typically use Xeomin or Juvo. It's just a cheaper product, and I think their margins for those types of places, it's just more efficient, cost-effective for them to do that. But I don't use them in my own practice because they really don't last very long. Like, Juvo, honestly, to me, lasts like three or four weeks, and Xeomin is pretty much the same thing. It doesn't really last a long time. Um, like I said, I prefer Botox, and me personally, I prefer Dysport. So that's what I use in my practice. Again, the question that I get asked a ton is, you know, should I get Botox? Or, you know, what do you think about Botox? My answer to that always is, you know, it's it's yes, but I'm not pushy about it. Um, I think in the right patient, I tell my patients all the time, listen, yeah, it's it's a great product and it will definitely have huge effects in terms of aging, but you don't necessarily need it yet. I think maybe like four or five years we'll have this discussion or maybe like next year we'll have this discussion. Um, but for some patients that I'm starting to see them start to develop some very subtle uh, lines at rest, then I say, yeah, you know what, try it. Uh, I think you're going to love it. I've never had anyone not like Botox. Um, and, um, you know, like we can figure out what your, you know, say you do like it, uh, we can figure out what your plan is going forward. Maybe we'll get it once a year or once every couple of years. Um, what I also get asked a lot is, you know, a lot of my patients will come to me with like bags of like products that they're using, like this serum, vitamin C and E serum, and, you know, all these other kinds of serums. And what I always tell my patients is if you're not doing the three things that I discussed, namely using a good sunscreen every day, using a retinoid, and use, and getting preventive Botox if you're a good candidate for it, wasting your money on all of that stuff is literally like throwing your money down the toilet. Like that's like 0.01% of anti-aging. The things I just described to you are like 99 plus percent of, of uh, <laughs> strategies to prevent our skin from aging. Now, say you are doing the big three things that I discussed. If you want to get a vitamin C and E serum and some other serum, it's not going to hurt you. You know, they're not dangerous products. They're just not as helpful as they're purported to be. So what I generally tell my patients is, listen, any money you would spend on a $300 serum, just like put it aside. And then whenever you, and the next time you have a compulsion to do that, just put that money aside. And when you have enough funds to get a Botox treatment, then I would opt to get that. Even if that's every three years, like once every three years, you're doing yourself much, you're doing much more for your skin in terms of anti-aging than like using a $300 serum every day. So that's the 411 on Botox. If you guys have any questions about Botox, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure I didn't cover everything uh, about it in this podcast, but you can just drop them in the comments below um, and we'll just fire off like an Ask Dr. Mongill or something like that, just answering whatever questions you might have. Um, so that's a wrap. I hope you all have a wonderful, restful weekend and are ready to crush the week ahead. Let's get it. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. The full video for this podcast can be found on either YouTube or Facebook. Let's get it.